your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 245 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. And today, we want to try something a little bit different. We're going to be looking at the NHL.com's list of the top 250 fantasy hockey players going into this upcoming season. More specifically, we're going to really hone in on the Rangers and their plays on the list. Who's too high? Who's too low? Who could be a little bit of a sleeper? All that good stuff. Just going to dive right into it. Uh, This is for standard fantasy categories, a standard fantasy league. The categories for skaters, usually you go with goals, assists, uh, plus minus, power play points, shots on goal, and hits. So you get six stats for the skaters. And then for goalies, there are four stats. You go with wins, goals against average, save percentage, and shutouts. And for those of you who have already reached out to me about joining the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League, this is probably the system we're going to use as well. We're going to use this same scoring system that this article uses in ranking the top 250 fantasy hockey players in the NHL right now. If we don't go with this, it'll be something very similar. Again, I'm still kind of ironing out all the fine details. For those of you who have not yet reached out but would like to join the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League, please feel free to do so. You can send me an email, LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And like I said, we're going to specifically look at the Rangers and their placement on this list. But first, I just want to take a brief look at the top 10, at least according to this article. Let's just go through it real quick here. At number one, you've got Nathan McKinnon. Number two is Connor McDavid. Number three, Nikita Kucherov. Number four, Leon Dreisaitl. Number five, our buddy Artemi Panarin. Number six, Austin Matthews. Number seven, Alex Ovechkin. Number eight, Andre Vasilevsky. Number nine, Jack Eichel. And number 10, Braden Point. You're not going to get too many big arguments from me. I mean, this seems like a pretty solid top 10 list here. I think these guys are all in just about the right order. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased toward the Rangers. I would put Panarin over certainly Dreisaitl, and I would say maybe Kucherov as well. Uh, The one argument you could make for Kucherov over Panarin is Kucherov's been producing at just a a fantastic level for many, many years. Panarin really kind of took his game to the next level this past season with the Rangers. So it's close. It's tight. I I would at least put Panarin at number four ahead of Leon Dreisaitl. I would also maybe slide Austin Matthews down behind Alex Ovechkin. I just can't go against Alex Ovechkin. I mean, I know he's 35 now. Maybe people start to figure that Father Time is going to catch up with him eventually, but he's still playing some fantastic hockey. I would put Alex Ovechkin ahead of Austin Matthews on this list as well. And Andre Vasilevsky at number eight, a little bit of a questionable ranking, but I can't go crazy about it either because he is right now, I would say, far and away the best goalie in hockey. And so if you have a chance, it's late in the first round and you want to have an advantage at goalie for basically the entire season, then maybe you roll the dice and you take Andre Vasilevsky in the first round there. I'm not so sure that I would do that, but I can certainly understand the ranking having Andre Vasilevsky that high. The one thing that gives me some pause is, you know, there are a lot of goalies that five years ago 
would have been considered top 10 goalies in the league, and they've really just kind of fallen off since then. There does seem to be recently uh, kind of a state of flux at the goalie position uh, in reality hockey and in fantasy hockey. So I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting pick. I don't know that I would make it, but I wouldn't fault anybody for taking Andre Vasilevsky in the first round there. But let's go ahead and jump into the Ranger portion of this list. We already mentioned Artemi Panarin is ranked number five overall here. And as far as Panarin is concerned, I mean, do I really need to say anything here? Ted Lindsay Award finalist, MVP finalist. I still say he should have gotten the MVP this past season since it goes to the most valuable player, not necessarily the absolute best player. He did not win the award, but that's okay. Still one of the absolute best players in hockey. He's now going to be in his second season with the Rangers, which you would think would just work to his benefit. Maybe he'll be even better this season than he was last season. He's at the point where he knows all his teammates. He's established great chemistry with Ryan Strom, and he's going to have Capo Caco on his right wing instead of Jesper Foss, which... Certainly seems like an upgrade, and it's nothing against Jesper Foss. You guys know, anybody who's listened for a long time, he was one of my favorite players for many, many years on the Rangers. Uh, but Kako clearly has more upside than Jesper Foss. I mean, we got to be honest here. Uh, would I take Artemi Panarin as high as maybe even first overall in a fantasy hockey draft? It's hard to say. It'd be tough to resist. If the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League starts and somehow I'm picking number one, I'm going to be very, very tempted to take Artemi Panarin, but I don't know. Maybe I would leave him for one of you guys instead. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It, it's very, very close between Panarin, McKinnon, McDavid, Kucherov, and Dreisaitl. I think those guys are definitely the top five for me. It would be hard to take Panarin ahead of McKinnon or McDavid, but I do think I'd probably just lean slightly toward taking him over Nikita Kucherov, if for no other reason than Panarin's a Ranger, and it would just be more fun that way. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next Ranger on this list of the top 250 fantasy hockey players, at least according to NHL, going into next season. And it's going to be, surprise, surprise, Mika Zibanejad. He is ranked number 18 on this list. So Mika is way up after being ranked number 66 going into last season. If you took him at number 66 last year, you got yourself a hell of a steal. And let me just say... If you can get Mika Zibanejad at number 18 this year, I think you still got yourself a steal. Ranger bias aside, this is someone who just continues to get better season after season after season. He also led the NHL in goals per game last year. Now, he didn't lead in goals themselves because he missed some time with an injury, but he led the NHL in goals per game. That is no small feat. Scored 41 goals in 57 games. He also had 34 assists, so a robust 75 points in just 57 games. Plus, he's still going to be with Chris Kreider. They have outstanding chemistry together, and who knows? Maybe he also gets some ice time with Alexi Lafreniere at some point, either on the power play or even strength. Maybe even Capo Caco takes a step forward, and maybe Zibanejad gets a chance to play with Caco as well. So I love Mika at number 18, and as far as the locked-on Rangers Fantasy Hockey League is concerned, I would be shocked if Mika drops all the way to number 18 because th that's what happens. You know, we got an entire league full of Ranger fans, so I get the feeling somebody's definitely going to take him sooner than number 18. Uh, I could easily see him being selected in the first round of our Fantasy League and definitely even in some other leagues as well. And in just a second, we're going to talk about a New York Ranger who is ranked number 35 in fantasy hockey going into this season. He was actually unranked last season. We're going to tell you who that is in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, 
high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. We're going to get back to the list of NHL.com's top 250 fantasy players heading into next season in just a second here. But first, just wanted to give you guys an idea of what's coming up on Lockdown New York Rangers. I do believe in our next episode, we're going to talk about another NHL.com list ranking the top 10 goalies of the future. I get the feeling our guy Igor Shesterkin probably makes an appearance on that list. I won't spoil uh, what position he's ranked in, but we will get into that list in a future episode. I'm also looking to line up some guests for you guys as well. I've cast a very wide net, just going to try to see... Uh, who gets back to me, who wants to be on the show. We'll see what we can make happen for you guys in the future. But getting back to this list here, I just mentioned number 35 is on the Rangers, and he was not ranked on the NHL's top 250 fantasy hockey players last season, and that man is Igor Shesterkin. As far as is he ranked too high, is he ranked too low, this is a tough one to figure out because this could go one of two ways. Uh, you could have a situation where there are people, fantasy players, who shy away from Igor Shesterkin because he's only played 13 career NHL games. They think it's a small sample size. They think maybe he's a little overrated, a little overhyped. It's kind of like, ah, well, you know, the Rangers only took him in the fourth round. What's so special about this guy? Or the exact opposite could happen where you have a fantasy owner who believes he's seen enough of Igor Shesterkin. He's heard enough about Igor Shesterkin to feel good about him. This is a fantasy owner who wants to be bold and kind of makes an all-or-nothing selection and takes Igor Shesterkin around number 35 as he's ranked, or perhaps even quite a bit earlier. If you really want to get your hands on Igor Shesterkin and you really believe in him, then maybe you strike before number 35. Uh, this would be the riverboat gambler of fantasy owners. It's someone who's not looking to play it safe, someone who's not looking to just eke into the playoffs and see what happens. This is a person who's straight up going for it and isn't afraid to make those high-ceiling, low-floor kind of decisions. I do happen to think that Shesterkin is the real deal. I think a lot of Ranger fans would definitely agree with me, uh, but that's not to say that picking Igor so early at number 35 or even earlier than that doesn't come without some risk because for starters, like we said, very small sample size in the NHL. And additionally, he could end up being in a bit more of a timeshare than a lot of us are anticipating. Uh, the Rangers probably don't want to overwhelm Shesterkin in his first full season in the NHL. And, you know, Georgiev, he's back in the fold. He's not back just for the sake of being back. The Rangers clearly have a plan for him. They clearly have a role for him. And it's at least possible that Georgiev plays more often than some of us might be thinking. And if that's the case, then obviously he's going to cut into Shesterkin's playing time a little bit, which would reduce Shesterkin's fantasy value, at least a little bit. I still think Shesterkin's going to be money when he's out there. But if he ends up playing less than we think he's going to, by nature, his fantasy value is going to drop a little bit. So Shesterkin, by the way, at number 35 overall, is the sixth ranked goalie on the list behind only Andre Vasilevsky at number eight, Connor Hellebuck at number 20, Tuka Rask at number 26, Robin Leonard at number 29, and Carter Hart at number 30. So yeah, I mean, if Shesterkin's still there at 35, I might roll the dice on Igor Shesterkin, but I get the feeling, once again, bunch of Ranger fans in our fantasy league, so I get the feeling he's probably going to be off the board before number 35, but we will see. All right, so we got to move down the list another 53 spots to get to the next Ranger, and that's going to be Chris Kreider at number 88. He's actually way up from number 155 last season. That was his ranking going into last year. And, you know, to me, 
This is kind of the opposite of Shesterkin. Shesterkin, especially at number 35, is a gutsy pick in fantasy leagues. Kreider is kind of a safe pick. You know exactly what you're going to get when it comes to Chris Kreider. Uh, he should be able to help in just about every stat that there is in a fantasy league. And as far as whether or not to pick him, I mean, I think it depends at this point on what you've done so far in the draft. Have you selected a left winger yet? If not, maybe look to Chris Kreider. Have you maybe made some really bold selections early in the draft, and you want a guy with a really solid floor but a somewhat limited ceiling. Again, Chris Kreider would be a good pick here if that's the case for you and your team. Uh, I certainly would not reach for Chris Kreider in a fantasy draft just because I think his ceiling is somewhat limited, but if Kreider falls right into my lap, right around number 88, somewhere in this general vicinity, I've got no problem rolling with Kreider right around number 88. And the fact that he plays with Mika Zibanejad, gets a lot of time on the power play, certainly does not hurt either. But am I going to reach for Chris Kreider? No, I'm not because, you know, he's 29 years old now, and he's a very solid player for the New York Rangers. Has been for a lot of seasons. I'm thrilled that they kept him in the fold. I'm really happy that they gave him that extension rather than dealing him at last year's trade deadline. I think he has a lot to offer going forward. I think he could be a leader, possibly even be the next Ranger captain as soon as this upcoming season. But... All that being said, Kreider has never been a point-per-game player. And again, at the age of 29, I don't think it's suddenly going to happen now. It's not impossible, but it doesn't really seem all that likely that Kreider is eventually going to become that kind of a player. So again, if you want to play it a little safer around this time of the draft and Chris Kreider's there, by all means, great pick. But I just don't see the upside with Chris Kreider the way I do with some other picks, including the next New York Ranger on this list. We move from number 88 down six spots to Alexi Lafreniere, who is ranked number 94. Obviously, Lafreniere was unranked last season, considering he wasn't in the league. And Lafreniere, he's obviously a bit of a wild card, but I do believe I would take Lafreniere before I took Chris Kreider, uh, simply because there's just more upside here. We've heard about how Lafreniere is a generational talent. Does that immediately show up in the NHL, or does Lafreniere not quite meet these sky-high expectations in kind of the same way that Capo Caco did not meet the sky-high expectations last season? Only time's going to tell there, but I'm feeling lucky as it relates to Lafreniere. I do think he's going to have a really nice rookie season for the Rangers, even at the age of just 19, and I do think he's well worth the risk at number 94 overall, because if he is what he's advertised as, and he can just hit the ground running and just have a big-time rookie season, uh, you're going to get a lot of return on your investment picking Alexi Lafreniere at number 94 overall. And I do think, again, this is a situation where Lafreniere in the Locked On New York Ranger Fantasy League probably going to go sooner than 94. So if you guys want Lafreniere, you're going to have to take him quite a bit earlier than this. There may be some people who are worried about Lafreniere potentially starting this season in a bottom six role. That could easily happen because certainly it looks like Chris Kreider will be on the top line along with Mika Zibanejad and probably Pavel Buchnevich. And then on the second line, you've got Strom, Centering, Artemi Panarin, and Capo Caco in all likelihood. So how is Lafreniere going to jump Chris Kreider or Artemi Panarin? And in the early goings of the season, I don't think he will. I think maybe the most likely thing that happens if the Rangers get to a point where they just need to force Lafreniere into a top six role, then maybe Chris Kreider moves from left wing to right wing, and you can kind of shuffle the deck there a little bit as a way to work Lafreniere in. But even with him being on the third line, if he is anywhere close to what Ranger fans are expecting, I think he's going to be uh, a nice return on your investment, picking him nine, number 94 overall. And again, I don't know that he's going to drop that far in a fantasy hockey league full of Ranger fans. But even if you have to reach a little bit and take him earlier than number 94, you really want Lafreniere, you really want to get your guy, uh, you can do that and I think still feel good about it because the sky's the limit. And he may end up with fewer points and be a less effective fantasy player than Chris Kreider in his rookie season. It's at least possible. But the upside for me 
is just too great to ignore here. So I personally would roll the dice with Lafreniere uh, quite a bit sooner than number 94, and that's true even if I wasn't a Ranger fan. Let's continue to track where the Rangers fell on this top 250 fantasy players list. And number 114 is going to be Tony D'Angelo coming off of a career year. He was actually unranked on this list going into last season. And going into this project here, you know, looking at the top 250 fantasy hockey players and looking at the Rangers, who's too high, who's too low, who's a sleeper, this, that, and the other thing. I thought Tony D'Angelo might be a bit of a reach candidate that is people would see what he did last year, all the points that he had, and they might look to draft him a little sooner than possibly they should. But after seeing this list, I got to say, I think actually the opposite is true. There are 21 defensemen ranked ahead of Tony D'Angelo on this fantasy list. And D'Angelo was fourth in the NHL in points by a defenseman last season. And not only that, but again, this is a guy with a great career arc. He's gotten better and better and better every single season. Despite all this, like I said, NHL.com puts 21 defensemen ahead of him. Uh, The top four defensemen, just to give you guys some context, the top four defensemen on this list are Victor Hedman, John Carlson, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes. I'll give you them. I would put all four of those guys ahead of Tony D'Angelo. I'll even semi-generously give you the next three. I'll give you a Roman Yossi. I'll give you Dougie Hamilton. I'll give you Alex Peter Angelo. Although I don't think it's a slam dunk that any of those three will 100% have a better fantasy season than Tony D'Angelo. But then you get to guys like, you know, I'll just read the list here. The guys that are ahead of Tony D'Angelo. Morgan Riley, Tori Krug. Krug, great player on a new team though. You never know how that's going to go. Uh, Brent Burns, Miro Heiskanen, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Chris Letang, John Klingberg, Rasmus Dahlin, Shea Weber, Ivan Provorov, Tyson Berry, Shea Theodore, and then finally, Tony D'Angelo. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm too Ranger biased, but of that group that I just listed, I don't know how many of them I would take before I took Tony D'Angelo when you factor in everything. Again, the career trajectory, uh, Tony D'Angelo's role on the power play, the fact that he's out there with a lot of high-scoring teammates. I would definitely take D'Angelo before a lot of those guys on the list. And you add in the fact that D'Angelo is probably going to be on the top Ranger power play unit, and he's going to be running point for a power play group that includes Panarin, Zibanejad, Lafreniere, Kreider. I mean, what's not to like here about Tony D'Angelo? Now, one negative with D'Angelo is his defense can occasionally leave something to be desired, but that really doesn't matter that much in fantasy hockey. It matters a little bit for plus minus, obviously, but I feel like D'Angelo is going to be out there for enough goals that it's not going to hurt you that much anyway. Uh, You might figure that, you know, with D'Angelo's defense occasionally leaving something to be desired, that he might be out there for a lot of goals against. But guess what? He's going to be out there for a lot of goals that the Rangers score as well. And his plus minus last year was a plus 12, so not too shabby at all. He only averages about two hits per game, and there are definitely defensemen on this list that average more than D'Angelo per game. But man, D'Angelo is going to clean up on goals, assists, power play points. He's going to have a good amount of shots, a solid plus minus, a decent amount of hits. Show me a weakness here. I really can't find one. So I think D'Angelo definitely being undervalued uh, on this list here. All right, let's keep it moving here. Next on the list for the Rangers, we got to move down 40 spots all the way to number 154, and it's going to be Adam Fox. Uh, Fox barely made the cut last year. He was ranked number 249, but he gets quite a jump here. Uh, You can basically copy and paste a lot of what I just said about Tony D'Angelo and apply it to Adam Fox, and this seems to be another Ranger who's listed too low on this list. Now, one issue with Fox could be that he won't be on the power play as much as some other defensemen on the list. D'Angelo and Truba both going to play a significant amount on the power play unit, and that is big in fantasy leagues because it affects three fantasy league stats. If you're out there on the power play, then... 
clearly you have more opportunities for goals, for assists, and plus there's also a fantasy category that is simply called power play points. So if you're out there and you're scoring goals and you're dishing out assists, it's helping you uh, in multiple ways as it pertains to fantasy. So you want guys who can contribute on the man advantage. And certainly Fox is capable of contributing on the power play. He just may not get as many chances as some other guys because D'Angelo and Truba uh, tend to get more time when the Rangers are a man up. And Fox also not as physical as a lot of other defensemen, just 35 hits in 70 games last year. So you're going to suffer a little bit in that category. Had Fox gotten a little bit more power play time last season, however, I think he might have been in the rookie of the year conversation a little bit more than he was. Alas, uh, you do have to take power play time into consideration when dealing with fantasy hockey. So I agree with D'Angelo being placed ahead of Adam Fox on this list, even though Adam Fox seems like he might be the better overall player. I think Tony D'Angelo might still be the better fantasy player. But if I can get Adam Fox at number 154, I'm going to do it in about two seconds. And if there's anyone listening to this who plays in a dynasty fantasy league, I can see where... I think Fox might have a little bit more appeal in Dynasty Leagues just because he is so young and you have to figure that in due time, his role is going to continue to expand on the Rangers and he's just going to continue to get better and better and better. So I love Adam Fox in a Dynasty Fantasy League. We move down another 12 spots to find our next New York Ranger and at number 166, it's going to be Ryan Strom. He was also unranked last season and you're kind of noticing a theme here, right? There's a lot of Rangers on this list who either weren't ranked last season or maybe they were ranked, but they've jumped up significantly. Mika Zibanejad, like we said, was number 66, now all the way up to 18. And it's great to see because obviously it means that the Rangers are getting better and better and better. And I realize, you know, fantasy hockey success does not always translate to reality hockey success. But in general, it's a good thing that so many Ranger players are higher thought of this season than they were last season, even if it just relates to fantasy, because obviously it translates a little bit to what's going on in reality as well. But Strom's fantasy value uh, mostly tied to him holding down the four on that second line with Artemi Panarin. And there's no reason to think that he won't maintain his hold on that second line center role, because I have no idea who plays center on the second line for the Rangers if Strom is moved away from that spot. What could happen, and this is something that would hurt Strom's value, is Panarin at some point next year, maybe just in spurts, maybe in random spots here and there when the Rangers need a little bit of a jump start, Panarin could get moved up to the top line to play alongside Mika Zibanejad. We did see that on occasion last year, and in fact, that's how the Rangers started the season. The top line was uh, Zibanejad centering Panarin and Buchnevich. So that was interesting. They split them up. I think they realized they were better off with Zibanejad and Panarin on different lines, and I would definitely tend to agree there. But for anyone who drafts Ryan Strom, you got to just hope and pray that uh, he remains on the same line as Artemi Panarin. But I also don't want to discount what Strom did last season. 18 goals and 41 assists in 70 games. Yes, playing with Artemi Panarin helps, but Strom was pulling his weight up there. He was making the magic happen. But facts are facts. Uh, you take Panarin away from any player in hockey, especially a journeyman in Ryan Strom, and their numbers are going to suffer. It is what it is. It's not their fault. It's just you take away an MVP caliber player then everybody else on that line, the numbers are going to go down a little bit. So again, anyone who drafts Ryan Strom got to be keeping their fingers crossed that he gets to continue playing with Artemi Panarin for the entirety of next season. We move down just one spot from number 166 to number 167. Right after Ryan Strom is Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich was ranked 207 last year, so he gets a nice boost here. I am surprised that Buchnevich is only one spot behind Ryan Strom. I think Strom was the more consistent player last season. And in fact, Strom had Buchnevich beat in every single fantasy category last season except for hits. But 
neither guy hits all that often. Buchnevich had 80 hits, Strom had 45. And if you're drafting either Buchnevich or Strom, you're not really doing it for their hitting prowess. You're not really looking for significant help in the hitting category. And just like Ryan Strom, Buchnevich's value is going to be greatly affected by who he plays with. If Buchnevich can maintain his hold on that top line and get to spend significant minutes with Sabanajad and Kreider and get to play on the power play, then he could be a really nice pick for fantasy owners at number 167. That could be a very nice value pick. But forget about fantasy for a second. Let's go back to reality. Uh, the thing that drives Ranger fans crazy with Buchnevich is just the fact that he's so inconsistent. He'll have a stretch where it looks like he's really going to take off, become a great player in this league, potentially become a big, big part of this Ranger rebuild. You know, he's engaged, he's assertive, he'll fight for the puck, he'll drive to the net. He does all those little things you want to see when looking for a player to kind of take that next step. But then he goes through these stretches where you barely even notice he's out there. He's a ghost and he's occasionally gotten into Quinn's doghouse because of it. Now, just like last season, I fully expect Buchnevich to, at least at the start of this season, spend most of his time on the Ranger top line with Kreider and with Zibanejad, and like we said, that does help his fantasy value. But if he's slumping or underperforming or whatever you want to call it, does it eventually get to a point where Quinn just starts to get impatient and he drops Buchnevich out of the top six? It's at least possible. Uh, you could make a move where Kreider moves from the left wing over to the right wing on that top line. Maybe Lafreniere then jumps up from the third wing up to the top line, and he's the left winger there. And then you keep that second line intact with Panarin, Strom, and Kako, and then Buchnevich becomes the odd man out. And I really kind of hope that this doesn't happen because I do like Buchnevich, and I want to see him take off, and I want to see him be a big-time contributor for this Ranger team. He's something of an X-factor coming into this season. But Buchnevich dropping out of the top six, it's not really that hard to envision. And if he does fall to the third line, his fantasy value is just going to evaporate because if he occasionally slumps despite playing with Kreider and Zibanejad, then what's going to happen when he's out there with Brett Howden and Philip DiGiuseppe or Brian Lemieux? And it's nothing against any of those players, but they aren't the scoring threats that Zibanejad and Kreider are. So this late in the draft, I'm a Ranger fan. Maybe I take a stab at Pavel Buchnevich at number 167, but I'd be holding my breath all season that he hangs on to that first line right wing job. And again, my eyebrows kind of go up when I realized that Strom was ranked just one spot ahead of Buchnevich at number 166. I would have Strom quite a bit farther in front of Buchnevich on a list like this, simply because he has far more job security. It is very hard to see Ryan Strom falling out of the top six on the Rangers, and specifically that second line center role alongside Panarin. As for Buchnevich, it's really not that hard to see him dropping at some point next season, perhaps falling out of the top six. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope Buchnevich does become a more consistent player, goes out there and has the best season of his career, becomes a big-time contributor for the Rangers. But Strom would just simply appear to have a tighter hold on his spot on the second line than Buchnevich has on the first line. So that's why I think Strom should be ranked quite a bit higher than Pavel Buchnevich on this list. From Buchnevich, we dropped five spots on this list down to Alex Georgiev at number 172. Georgiev was ranked number 216 last year. This is intriguing because right now, it's hard to know for sure exactly how the Rangers are going to split time between Shesterkin and Georgiev. If it ends up being closer to a 50-50 split than a lot of us are anticipating, then Georgiev becomes a much more valuable fantasy hockey player. Uh, I do get the feeling that the Rangers are looking for Shesterkin to kind of take the bull by the horns and eventually claim the starting job. But maybe there's a little bit of a hot hand approach early in the season, you know? And maybe that gives Georgiev some value, especially since we all know that backup goalies across the league play more often than they used to. So Georgiev is going to see the ice. You know, we had Anthony Scoltori from Forever Blue Shirts on the show not that long ago, and we were talking about this very topic. But I get the feeling as the season progresses, Shesterkin's going to be out there for a higher and higher percentage of the games. So 
Maybe if you draft Georgiev late and he gets off to a really nice start, maybe you look to sell high and trade him in fantasy while his value is higher than it probably will be as the season continues. But yeah, depending on how many goalies you want to have on your roster, if you're looking at Alex Georgiev as maybe your third goalie, that works. I certainly wouldn't wait this long to draft a fantasy goalie and then make it Georgiev, my first goalie that I take in a fantasy draft. But if you're just looking for some goalie depth, I could see much worse picks than Alex Georgiev, so I do like him here in this position. We move down just one spot to number 173. Number 173 is Jacob Truba. Truba going into last season was actually ranked 125, so he has dropped 48 spots. At this point in the draft, you know, it really comes down to your areas of need. And if you realize that your team doesn't have a lot of players that collect a good amount of hits, then maybe Truba's worth it. Maybe it's worth it to pick him. And this could be a classic case of getting somebody later than you should be able to simply because they're coming off of a down season. And that's not to say Jacob Trubo was awful last year, but he did drop from 50 points the season before in Winnipeg to just 27 points in his first season with the Rangers. Now, granted, there were also 12 fewer games. So if you're looking for a bounce back season this late in the draft, I definitely like Jacob Trubo here. And I should also clarify, it's not like he was horrendous last season. It's just for the money that the Rangers were paying him, they were probably expecting a little bit more, and that's fair. But he did get better and better as the season progressed, and I think that continues into this upcoming season. We've got just one more Ranger on this list, and we got to drop down from number 173 all the way to number 198, and it's Capo Caco. Uh, Caco was ranked number 100 last year, so it's quite a drop here, 98 spots for Capo Caco. But I got to say, I do like these types of players in fantasy sports, the post-hype young players. Uh, I have not played a ton of fantasy hockey over the years, but... One thing that seems to work for me in fantasy baseball is, you know, you have a young rookie who enters the league, and there's a lot of hype and a lot of fanfare, and he was a high draft pick, and he's torn it up in the minor leagues, et cetera, et cetera. And they don't exactly knock it out of the park in their first taste of MLB action, no pun intended. But then what happens is you go into the next season, everybody kind of forgets about them a little bit, and then you draft them, and that's when they do live up to the enormous hype. So you can get some steals that way in fantasy baseball. I don't know if it would work the same way in fantasy hockey, but again, number 198 for Capo Caco. Yeah, I would definitely take him there. I would definitely take him before there. Once you get to number 198 in the draft, I mean, there's not a lot of players with a ton of upside, but I think Capo Caco definitely has that upside. And I'm looking at a guy in Caco who's probably going to have an expanded role this season. Jesper Foss is gone, so that second line right wing spot looks to be his for the taking. And if so, he's out there with Artemi Panarin. That can only help Capo Caco both in reality and in fantasy hockey. And I would expect he'll probably get more time in the power play. This is simply too late for Capo Caco to be drafted, and he has a heck of a lot more upside than a lot of guys who are listed in front of him. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast and or join the Locked On New York Rangers upcoming fantasy league, then definitely send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And also make sure to check out Monday's edition of Locked On NHL. Don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.